Okay, if you would, please turn to the book of Ephesians. I will be moving on. Be reading Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Blessed is the reading of God's holy, wonderful, instructive, and life-giving Word. And so, Father, may we your children adopted through your Son, Jesus, take it as such. Help me unpack what's here, what's simple, and cause children, kids, young ones, teenagers, and adults to honor parents. To the glory of your name. Amen. In the beginning of everything, in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, God laid out the foundation blocks of human society. Marriage and family. In Genesis... We read, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. In other words, have children. And raise them up. And so thousands of years later, after Jesus goes to the cross and the Gospel goes out, and it forms within Jew and Gentile, culture after culture, communities of Christ. Paul writes to those church communities in Asia Minor, and thus to us at Sovereign Grace Fellowship, and to every congregation throughout the world, down through the centuries, to reaffirm that bedrock foundation. Of society. And that's what we've been doing for five weeks. Wives to husbands, husbands to wives come together as one flesh to picture Christ's love for the church and the church's joyful submission to Christ. And that one flesh unit has babies. And so now, Paul turns to that and says, Parents, it is your job to raise up your children in the Lord with discipline, with instruction, 
in Jesus. And it is the job of parents. It's not the job of the local church. And it's not the job of the government or of the state or public school systems or private school systems. You can use all those things to one's benefit or not, but it is the parent's job to bring their kids up. So that's what we see. But let's go back for a moment. Look at the forest. Remember the larger context of what Paul is doing in this segment of the letter going back into chapter 5 in verse 15. He, he's writing to the whole congregations, the church. And he says, look carefully then how you walk, how you live your life. Not as unwise, but as wise. And therefore, don't be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. And be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then there are three results that come out of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Singing praises to God. Having a deep heart of thanksgiving to Him. And then in differing kinds of relationships, submission to the authorities that are over you. Wives to husbands, children to parents, slaves to masters, employees to employers. And so these commands then, they have to do with living out the Christian life. This command this morning is the Holy Spirit filled walk with Jesus. Now, in the text, notice that Paul expects underage children to grasp, to understand. So they're at a particular age enough to understand what he's saying, right? Because they're there, and this is, he assumes this also, these children, these five-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 18-year-olds, they're there in the congregation as his letter is being read. And so they're old enough to grasp it because now Paul addresses them directly. Children. Technon. Obey your parents in the Lord. Now, Paul is clearly referring to kids who are being raised up in family households. When he says this, I, th I think honoring parents goes till death and the death of your parents. But when he talks about obeying their commands and instructions, he's not talking about 38-year-old persons who are married and have six kids of their own at this point. He's talking about kids who are being raised up. And the New Testament command for kids, for teenagers, for young ones is, children, obey both of your parents. That's why it's plural. It's mom. It's dad. What does that mean, that word obey? Okay, really simple. It means do what your mom tells you to do. 
Do what your dad tells you to do. Don't do what they tell you not to do. Obey your parents. And the verb obey is in the present tense in Greek, which has the connotation of ongoing way of living your life. Not a one-time thing. Be obeying your parents, children. And then notice the next three words. Obey your parents in the Lord. That does not mean only obey Christian parents. That's not what he means here. He doesn't mean only obey those parents who are in the Lord or in Christ. The prepositional phrase, in the Lord, does not modify the word parents, that noun. Parents who are in the Lord. Obey them. No, it modifies the verb. Obey in the Lord your parents. Which means children's obedience has to do with their obedience to the Lord. Now, in a parallel passage, Paul's writing three letters, and two of them are Ephesians and one to Colossians. And so as he's writing that, and he's going to send them off together... This is how he says it in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. that makes it crystal clear what he's driving at. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this obedience pleases the Lord. So when he says obey in the Lord, that's what he's driving at. In the Lord, which is commanded to you, children, please Him by obedience to your parents. So, so as one who's in Christ or who's being raised up in Christ church, walk it out by obeying your parents. That's what you're called to. And that's what pleases the God who made you. That's what pleases Christ who suffered and died for anyone who will have Him. Parents cannot do this for you. The verb obey is not for them. It's for you. Parents give instructions. They give commands. They give duties. But this verb obey is directed straight at your wills. To obey it, to do it, or to refuse. The command is don't sin, but please the Lord by obedience to your parents. Okay. Why? Why such a command? Why should a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 17-year-old, why should they obey the dictates of their mom or of their dad? Aren't we all equal? I would obey you. Yes, we're all equal. But we all don't have equal roles in life. 
in all kinds of situations. And this is where Paul's talking about. We all have roles in differing relationships. Wives to husbands. Slaves to masters. Citizens to the police force and the government over them. And children to parents. We're equal in value. We're equal in bearing the image of God. Absolutely. But we are not equal in submission and authority. Kids are under the authority of their parents. Now, the society and now in which we live, it's been going on for the last 200 years, but we are seeing the fruits of it like never before. It has been a plan from academia, quote-unquote intellectuals, for a long time to deconstruct Western civilization. To deconstruct and tear apart the Judeo-Christian ethic and order and common sense. And it is wreaking havoc on the young people of our country. One cultural commentator, Dennis Prager, writes, In our time, this connection between honoring parents and maintaining civilization is not widely recognized. On the contrary, many of the best educated parents do not believe that their children need to show them honor, since honoring implies an authority figure. And that is a status many modern parents reject. In addition, many parents seek to be loved, not honored by their children. And yet, neither the Ten Commandments, nor the Bible elsewhere, he means, limited to the Old Testament here, nor the Bible, the Old Testament elsewhere, commands us to love our parents. This is particularly striking given that the Bible commands us to love our neighbor, to love God, to love the stranger. But it does demand that we show honor to our parents. And it makes this demand only with regard to parents. There is no one else whom the Old Testament commands us to honor. End quote. See, we live in a time public school system, in society, where authority in all kinds of relationships is being undermined by the mantra of equality. By which they mean sameness. We're all comrades. <laughs> Some know what I'm talking about. So, so we live in a time very different from when I didn't grow up too long ago, but now it is just standard that the six-year-old refers to the woman down the street five houses not as Mrs. Smith, but as Alice. Why should we? We're all equal. Why should she stand in honor above me just because her age? You're not equal. 
She is above you because of her age. We have high school teachers who say, no, 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 don't call me Mr. Jones. Call me Jim. Why should there be a distinction between who's in authority and who's not? Go to the grocery store and watch constantly nowadays the public tantrums of five-year-olds and the poor woman who has absolutely no control. She is helpless and clueless on how to restrain the self-destructive behavior of her child. And no one bats an eye anymore. But you take how that happens so often now and put that back in the 1950s and it would be way out of place. Hierarchy in our day and age is not seen as a part of the beautiful plan and order that God has set up. So much so, if I, if I said that word, hierarchy, on a college campus, I, I don't know how you're supposed to do it. You, you ring bells, you've got you to gotta do something to say, here's a trigger warning, I'm going to... Hierarchy! And you give people time to go run to a safe room so they don't have to hear someone ever talk about hierarchy. But God is a God of hierarchy. He is a God of chains of command, authority, and obedience. But let's, let's go back to the question where I start. So why? Why children obey your parents? Well, the first answer is, it's right there in verse 1. You can all see it for yourself, and you'd all be able to answer it because you could read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Here's the reason. For, meaning reason coming, it is right. That's why. It's the right thing to do. To disobey is the wrong thing to do. Why is it right, though? Okay, let's go way back. The foundational part of that answer. It's right for one reason, foundationally. Because there is a God who created. If there is no eternal, without beginning, creator of us human beings, there is no such thing as right, as opposed to wrong. It's not real. Objectively, it doesn't exist. Now, you can think, well, it's right for me and live that way according to your own subjective ethic. And someone else might think, well, you know what? It's right to kill six million Jews and they're not objectively wrong because there is no such thing as good or evil or right or wrong unless there is a God. And so ultimately, the only way we can judge what is right as opposed to wrong, is in light of the eternal, uncreated Creator who is righteous. He exists. There's a foundation for truth. To call something evil, to call something good, to call something right, to call something wrong. 
That's why. Because it's right. And so Paul goes further. Not only is it true because there's a God, but this God has Himself spoken to this issue. And so Paul appeals to where God spoke on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. He goes to the fifth. So read our text. Let's start again with verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. And now here he goes, quoting the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. And then he inserts. This is the first commandment with a promise. Here it is. Here's the promise. So that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, just if you notice your text and if you were there in Exodus 20, you're thinking, where did he get those other words? Paul is quoting the translation from the Hebrew into Greek called the Septuagint. And this is how the Septuagint translated it. Honor thy father and mother so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the good earth, the land, which the Lord your God gives to you. So when God creates and God ordains order, it is, here's my contention about right and wrong, that order without a command is in a real way, built into the conscience. You can almost call it natural law to obey one's parents. For instance, let me give you an example. Heterosexuality is natural law. That doesn't mean there aren't persons who are only attracted sexually to the same sex. No, this is all part of the fall and the brokenness of us human beings. But the way God ordered and created it, Paul calls it therefore in Romans 1, that is homosexuality, he calls it against nature. Or it's like the difference between males and females in the way that we relate to one another horizontally. It's just built in. And your average Joe and Jane and Sally throughout the centuries know it, have recognized it, have lived by it. It's obvious to them that we're different. It's natural. Until they go to the seminary and get indoctrinated. Called college graduate school with all kinds of crazy theories that go against what is so built in and natural. And so it is with children, obey your parents. It's right. Because it's the way God made it. It's the way He has ordered it. And this is why culture after culture, society after society, down through the ages from little tribes to massive civilizations have always assumed Parents are to raise their children. Children are to obey their parents. Unless a godless, atheistic type of theory 
comes about and takes control of governments and becomes totalitarian, then they will do everything they can to try to raise your children for you. Check out the 20th century Soviet Union, Mao's China, and any other communist regime. But at the core, here's the deal. And I want every kid being raised in church world with Christian parents to hear it. When this ethic of obedience to mom and to dad, when that gets more and more rebelled against and I will be disobedient, it is a sign of being given over to judgment because of sin. The more that disobedience is showing forth its face and growing, it is a sign of the moral decay of the human being. Here's where I get it. Romans 1. Starting with verse 28, listen carefully to what Paul is doing. He writes, And since they, we human beings, fallen into sin, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And so what? They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, disobedient to parents. Because they did not want to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them up and they became habitually disobedient to parents. So however naturally it feels to disobey one's parents while being raised up. Because of our fallen nature, we're all sinful and we've all done it. But as that grows, no matter the disobedience, the text says, it is wrong. Children, obey your parents. Because it is right. So it's not only is it right because there's a God and it's built in and you're going against your conscience, which is not good, a reflection of rebellion against God, but it is so important for human society and for flourishing in life that this commandment is one of the very few. Ten commandments. Don't have 
any other gods before me. Don't make any graven image. Don't carry my name in vain. Keep the Sabbath holy and honor your father and your mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness and don't covet. And so in Ephesians here, in the middle of quoting the fifth of the Ten Commandments, Paul inserts these words. This is the first command with a promise to you. And then he goes back to quoting the fifth commandment. Let's read it again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Because this is right. As the fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise. And here's the promise. Honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you. And you may live long in the land. So what we have here from the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, is obey because it's right. Obey because God has commanded it. And if that's not enough reason, Paul gets really practical. Obey so that your life will go well. And you'll live long in the land. That does not mean that obedient children never die young. It doesn't mean that disobedient, horrific children never live to 92. It means that the general rule in life is that children who honor and obey their parents live longer and better lives than those who don't. So that it may go well with you. See, the, the obedient child will be spared all kinds of very bad habits that they'll carry into adulthood or very bad friends that will tend to mess up their lives and often shorten their lives. That it may go well with you. That comes from, in this text, obedience. It will come from the obedience that will form good habits in childhood in order to be a more productive, a more self-controlled adult with better character. So Proverbs is filled with wisdom about obedience, listening, learning, and not being arrogant and rebellious. For instance, Proverbs 4.10 says, from the father to a son. Listen to me, or hear my son, and accept my words, so that the years of your life may be many. Or Proverbs 30:17, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother, it will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Obey 
your parents. It is one of the core commandments of human flourishing. And that's why in the law, the books of Moses, the first five books of the Bible we call the law, we see a number of related commandments to the fifth commandment of honor your mother and father. For instance, in Exodus 21 we read, Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Or Deuteronomy 27.16 Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And all the people shall say in the community, Amen. I want us to consider this for, for, for a moment. In the Law of Moses, remember, the Law was given by God through Moses in the context here to a people, Israel, to a society, a group, to a congregation in the wilderness who would eventually come into the land that God promised to give to the descendants of Abraham. And so in that context, throughout Moses, we hear God warn about the disobedience to parents that's like termites eating away at the foundation of the congregation, of the society, of the community. It is so serious to God in the community, in the law, that He says this in Deuteronomy 21. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. And all Israel shall hear about it in fear. And that's why in the law we get commands like Leviticus 19, 1-3. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall fear his mother and his father. 
when sinful rebellion is allowed to grow in children, when dishonoring of mother and father grows, it metastasizes and it makes the steps to disobedience of their conscience and of God easier and easier and easier. The training ground of learning how to submit and to honor and to obey is the home. It's not the church. It's not society. It is foundationally the home. The family structure. Let me quote again from Dennis Prager. So then, why is honoring parents so important? Why do the Ten Commandments believe that society could not survive if this commandment were widely violated? One reason is that we, as children, need it. Parents may want to be honored, and they should want to be, but children need to honor parents. A father and a mother who are not honored are essentially adult peers of their children. They're not parents. No generation knows better than ours the terrible consequences of growing up without a father. Fatherless boys are far more likely to grow up and commit violent crime, mistreat women, and act out against society in every other way. Girls who do not have a father to honor and hopefully to love as well are more likely to seek the wrong men and to be promiscuous at an early age. Secondly, honoring parents is how nearly all of us come to recognize that there is a moral authority above us to whom we are morally accountable. And without this, we cannot create or maintain a moral society. Of course, for the Ten Commandments, the ultimate moral authority is God, who is therefore higher than even our parents. But it is very difficult to come to honor God without having had a parent, especially a father, to honor. End quote. I think he's dead right. The text of Ephesians thinks he's dead right. Honor your father and mother so that it goes well with you. You need. You need it. You need for your well-being to have honoring of parents grow in you. And that's why kids 
They don't need us parents to be their buddies. They need moral authority, hierarchy. They need parents. They need that hierarchical structure in their development growing up. And they are called mom and dad. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your father and your mother. It's the first commandment with a promise and the promise is this. Honor them so that it will go well with you and you will live long in the land. Children who grow up obedient and honoring of their parents are much more likely to be a disciplined, honoring person through a longer, more flourishing life. And that's why Paul then turns in verse 4 to how important, good, godly parenting is. That's the other part of the equation, which we'll come to next week, God willing. But this morning, exhortation. Kids, teenagers, college students, the sovereign God has given you here in this room a great undeserved gift. The gift of being raised by a Christian parent or parents. Think about the billions of people born in the last couple decades into false religions, horrific circumstances. You didn't deserve any better. God is sovereign. It is a gift. And yes, those parents of yours are sinful. They're imperfect. But I promise you, they love you. They care for you for your long-term, eternal, and throughout this life. They care for your well-being like no other persons on this planet. And therefore, count your blessings and don't spit into the face of God's gift. Take eternal advantage of that gift by coming to a personal knowing of Jesus Christ as your Savior. And go on obeying your parents 
And you will find that you will be a much happier adult when you're on your own as an adult who will deeply continue to honor their parents until you die. Let's pray. Oh, Father, help us honor parents. Help us parents who are still raising kids do a better and better job and bring them up in the discipline and the instruction and the admonition of our Lord Jesus Christ. May they go off into this crazy, godless, relativistic, post-Christian world with a moral compass and a glorious gospel in their hand that saves sinners like them. Who oh, do it, Father. We need Your work without You, without the work of new birth and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Every child here is doomed and every parent is doomed. But we're not without it. So Father, we beg of You to work stronger and stronger in us and in our families to the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen.